So I think I need to prepare a little memo to send home with Muckrock staff for the holidays. Yeah, it's really hard to explain to my family and close friends exactly what I do at Muckrock. <laughs> I'm referring, of course, to this, this delightful NSA memo that they sent home with NSA and CSS employees. CSS is the Central Security Service, which is a companion entity to the National Security Agency, which is a little more in the news these days. Confession? I had no idea what CSS stood for. I was really hoping that I remembered the acronym correctly, <laughs> to be entirely honest. Central is, Security Service. Yeah. But, of course, NSA, the agency on everybody's lips right now, and FireDog Lake and The Guardian have, have done a great job of advertising this particular memo that we're, that we're talking about. Which What's, what's the date on it? Uh, November 22nd, 2013. So just in time for Thanksgiving, the the NSA circulates a memo on uh, the title or the subhead is employees are authorized to share the following points with family and close friends. This is a two-page memo, five main points. It's interesting because you never necessarily, I mean, uh, one of the things that struck me the most about all the documents that have come out of the NSA is how kind of corporate a lot of them sound, how sort of cloaked in the exact same kind of business school vocabulary a lot of them have, have been. There's been an emphasis on continuing education for NSA analysts, uh, a lot of, even even in this even in this memo, there's talk of customers and clients rather than agencies or like fellow government entities, things like that. It's sort of it's it's all cloaked in a kind of economic language as well as a like customer service type of thing. And this is along the same lines as something you might expect out of like the Gap <laughs> to be giving like a approved apparel thing or standards for how to approach Black Friday or something like that. Right. And I mean, to be fair, that that is sort of how the NSA has been trying to position itself as sort of, uh, you know, I think their first talking point is, uh, let's see here. Value. NSA's mission is of great value to the nation. Yeah, so there's a lot about value. There's a lot about the constitutional priorities of the of the NSA and how everything that they do is, of course, compliant with uh, overseers. That's a direct quote, the over the overseers' priorities. NSA analysts do not decide what topics to work. <laughs> they respond directly to the requirements driven by the president's intelligence priorities documented in the National Intelligence Priorities Framework and managed by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. You know, I think we've got a, a lot to talk about this week. I'm joined by Sean Musgrave, um, our projects editor at MuckRock. And you have been kicking off your uh, intelligence gathering of your own. Yes. The Drone Census, which we just relaunched um, in partnership with Motherboard. Yeah. Um, so when did we do the first Drone Census? The first Drone Census started last year when I first came to MuckRock. And I was very taken with the idea of, of literally counting in census fashion exactly how many drones were out there in uh, domestic airspace in, by, owned by different government entities. I hadn't even considered in, in hearing all the most of the coverage focus on unmanned aerial vehicles being used in war zones or in covert actions by the CIA or the military, I hadn't even really necessarily given a lot of thought to the fact that, of course, this technology is going to be of interest to a lot of 
domestic government agencies, whether that's local police departments, the Forest Service, a lot of different people want cheap eyes in the sky. And so when I first saw this project, I really saw a lot of potential in it. And then in in that first round, we sent out 350, 375, something like that, FOIA requests all across the country. And so we're relaunching it now. Yeah. So how many how many requests do you want to do this time around? My absolute minimum that I want to hit, uh, and we're already more than a third of the way there, is a thousand. This is spurred first off by our findings in the first round of the drone census. Like I said, we sent somewhere between three hundred and fifty and three hundred and seventy five requests to every state police department across the country, a bunch of different National Guard units that we had heard were interested in drone technology, but not necessarily in a systematic right. fashion. Now, for people who are just joining us, um, just briefly run over how the drone census works. So we're not actually out there. We don't have binoculars counting every drone. Right. What, what this, is, this is Muckrock's approach to, uh, to a census, which is to send a public records request so this is a uh, in all 50 states as well as at the federal level uh, government agencies are required by law to answer certain requests for information and so we have a very detailed multi-bullet point request first question obviously do you have a drone or multiple drones Uh, how much did you pay for them that type of thing sort of acquisition type of request and then we ask for for policy information how they how they intend to use it how they're allowed to use it whether they've used it in an operational sense, a lot of different aspects of everything from from getting the equipment to actually deploying it in the field. Uh, that's that's essentially what we're looking for in these requests. Now, quick point of clarification, because we're not actually asking, do you have a drone? We're asking for documentation that shows if they have a drone. Right. This request that we put up, which you can see at the Muckrock Drone Census 2013 page, you can see the full text of the request that we sent out to every agency is a lot of different very specific categories of documents that we're that we're asking for that essentially by getting these documents back or by getting an answer we don't have any of these documents we first off answer the primary question of does this particular agency have any drones in its uh, in its inventory and then if so does it have any policies in place to govern how how they're used have they used it in in the field and in what ways so now the first time I kind of based the re- initial request, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, who we partnered with for the first drone census, um, was interested in a few particular questions. I rephrased those questions as public records documents I thought would answer the questions, mm-hmm. and we shot those off. Now for the second round, we went back, we relooked at those those original questions and requests, and we tweaked it a little bit. How did you change the request the second time around? Uh, well. I took into account the types of documents that we got back from the first round. Now, as, as anybody who's done a lot of public records requests knows, it is really a crapshoot of what you of what you can get back. Some, and a lot of it depends on how the agency handles the requests. Some agencies handle requests very, very narrowly. They are not about to give you anything that could conceivably fall outside the the realm of it. But other other agencies were very, very transparent and really gave me everything I could have asked for around drones in the first round. And it gave me a lot of clues as to what types of things to be asking for this with this relaunch. For instance, I never even would have thought uh, to ask agencies about what type of insurance 
they carry on on their drones. But we got that. I'm trying to remember which agency we got that back from. I think that was Mesa County, Colorado. They have one of the most. Uh, they have one of the only actually operational drone drone programs by a local law enforcement agency. That's the Mesa County, Colorado Sheriff's Office. All right. So now, say I've got a pet drone. I want to get insurance for it. How much does that cost me? Uh... I can't remember actually. I think it was something. It was it was a couple. It was a few hundred dollars a, a yeah. year for like ten. For ten thousand dollar liability <laughs> coverage something like that but i mean that's that's the thing is that a lot of the one of the one of the documents that I, I'll, I'll have to pull this up because it was definitely one of the most interesting ones from the first round was actually a quote from the from an insurance company who it wasn't clear whether the agency had approached the insurance company or whether the insurance company had just cold pitched the, the agency saying we have a drone do we have a drone policy for you type type of stuff it but reminds we, me but, of volcano insurance right but we got but we we got exactly the same type of thing that you would expect like a package deal type of yeah. thing that you would expect for a car or a boat or yeah. something like that so so that was one aspect that i that based on the first first round we put in for more specifically i also overwhelmingly saw from the first from the first round that a lot of the money for for drones is coming from federal grant money whether that and it, it can come in a, a couple of different ways there are a lot of department of justice grants specifically directly to state police departments or to local law enforcement agencies to acquire this type of technology or there's also department of homeland security money uh, that gets pushed through regional bodies they're called urban area security initiative eight areas around major cities that then gets distributed to a lot of the smaller police departments around so there's a lot of different routes that this could come so the grant aspect of it was also another one that we amped up we hadn't really been asking the first round specifically for email communications about about drones um, and so uh, where so muckrock is based in boston and one of the big things that came out after the Boston Marathon bombings in April was the police chief here. I, I can't remember if he was if he was prompted or somehow a, a headline in one of the newspapers here was Ed Davis considering drones for next year's marathon. Now it turns right. out that that was a pretty idle right. <laughs> position to to be taking because there's well at the current regular <laughs> regulatory environment there's almost no way that a metropolitan police department could be flying drones by next april but it, it really prompted to to me the idea that of course a lot of these chiefs are going to be talking are going to be discussing drones they're a very hot technology right now we've seen if evidence from police departments in the new york police department boston police department st louis police department a lot of these chiefs are very interested in, the, in this technology and what cheap aerial surveillance or like i said a cheap eye in the sky can do for their department so communications was another aspect that we really beefed up at asking specifically the head of your agency we want to go through their emails and look for for keywords around drones unmanned aerial vehicle a, a few other kind of aliases that drones go by yeah you know one of the things i i really liked from this project from the very beginning was that it's it a lot of the requests were coming from users in terms of we, uh, you know, we asked people said, mm -hmm. hey, do you think an agency near you? Do you think a public university? Do you think a public college or another public public recordsable group <laughs> um, is using drones? Then 
uh, fill out this form and we'll file a request with them. Yeah. Um, and we did that, and we had a lot of people respond and put in public agencies, and most yeah, of them came. Yeah, I think we came. had about 150 last in the first round. 150 yeah. people suggested agencies for us to send this request. Now, where are we at with this round in terms of public input? I am actually not sure. I think we we just launched and just put the form up, so I don't think we're we're not at 150 yet. Even even I don't think, but. Uh, People, I mean, it's a lot of people are sharing the link on Twitter. So I'm, I'm hoping that again, my the minimum number that I want to sub- submit to. So whether the internet wants to help with that or not, uh, is is a thousand. So it would be, I would be ecstatic if half of that came from, yeah, came from the public. Just people thinking, I want to know about the police department down the street. I want to know about the the like you said, the local university because universities are doing a lot of. Uh, are doing a lot of research into into drone technology or drone right. policy, think, things like that. See how different government agencies near them or that they're interested in. See how they're interacting with this right. with this technology. Yeah. If you want to participate in this very participatory project, uh, it's muckrock.com/drone-census/slash. Or if you just look at muckrock, you can probably find it fairly easily. Yeah, I'm tweeting about it a lot, so. Just, um, also, just go to our Twitter. Uh, and that's at MuckRock, um, M-U-C-K-R-O-C-K. So, yeah. What else has been going on this week? Um, well, we – so a, a few weeks ago, we – or I guess two or three weeks back, we published a, a piece also with uh, – in coordination with uh, Vice's motherboard site on NYPD, the New York Police Department's stalwart refusal to answer a lot of public records – Requests and part of this was actually prompted by the election of Bill De Blasio, who just won the, uh, who's who will be the who's going to be sworn in as mayor of New York City in the next year, and in his current position as public advocate of the city of New York, uh, which is kind of sort of like the people's prosecutor or however you want to phrase it, it's sort of an an auditor for for the different departments of uh, the municipal government of New York City. He put out this report back in April, which really slammed NYPD for failing to answer a large number of public records requests, which it's been a pretty frequent theme on on a lot of message boards and, and on Twitter from people who do a lot of public records stuff, especially around law enforcement and national security, as I do. It can be impossible to get NYPD to answer requests. So we put out this... We put out this request a few months back where I had seen in the the legal code of New York, municipal agencies are required to issue literally a list of all the forms and documents that they that they keep on a regular basis. There's not a much more authoritative right. basis for submitting further requests to an agency than its own list of forms. So it's it's Literally, form PD-123 is the traffic stop form. It's their own description of of what all these lists are. So based off of that, out of frustration with NYPD for rejecting a lot of requests, which I thought were very well targeted, but they said were vague or they couldn't find the documents, I submitted a lot of requests for the last five copies of of this form or this log, which I had the specific name for. And still, we've been getting the same response back the same form letter from Lieutenant Richard Mantellino uh, that these requests are, are unnecessarily broad or are 
vague or all the, all these things that it's just it is no wonder that so many reporters have said that NYPD's it's not FOIA in their case it's the Freedom of Information Law so FOIL in in New York but have said that their FOIL unit is really a joke <laughs> because it's so difficult to get right. legitimate right. documents out of them and so in in my case this this week I submitted probably three or four different appeals to their uh, to their appeals officer because they had rejected copies of reports that other people have sued for right. in the past four years so for weapons j- discharge reports right. every time a police officer fires sued their, for and won sued for and won six, entirely successfully so uh, weapons discharge reports which is the the form in the report that officers have to write up after they after they fire their weapon to account for the bullets and any damage that was caused pretty standard report I included the specific right. form number for, for each one and there were and I there's a the NYPD puts out a report every year saying how many reports there were. I know how many of these things there were for the past year, right. and yet they they say, "Oh, we can't find that," or right. it's exempt, or just all of these things to uh, that. Bill De Blasio in his report essentially, essentially said that NYPD is using the initial rejection as a screening mechanism right. to see uh, is this requester serious and right. do they know enough to, to, follow, to follow up? Yeah. yeah, that the the default knee jerk reaction is to just. Reject anything that comes in. Assume that it's uh, that it's not a serious request, and then if they appeal it, maybe we'll give them the stuff. Later. So reject them all and let God sort them out, right? Right. Well, so Richard, if you're if you're out there listening, please just answer our letters. It, all right. It'll make things so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that that about wraps it up for today. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much uh, for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good.